In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes into our exile. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, does it feel like you're maybe exiled a little bit right now? It certainly feels that way to me, even though I'm able to do a lot of different things and, and I'm able to uh, go to come to church here, you're not here. And so this feels like a little bit of an exile to me. I also feel like I'm exiled from a lot of other things. I feel like I'm exiled from uh, going to places that I would normally go. I feel like I'm exiled from bringing my kids to places that I would normally bring them. I feel like I'm exiled from all of our student members who are now scattered all over the country because there is no no in-person classes until fall now, since Summer Sea has gone completely remote. And so we we get this sensation that we feel like we're a little bit exiled. We feel like there's maybe something where we're not able to be together with one another. And so it it brought up to my mind a a story, uh, not a biblical story, but a story that comes to us from France. Uh, a story of the man in the iron mask. And maybe you've seen the, the movie or maybe you've read uh, Dumas's book uh, and, and there's uh, all sorts of different tellings of this story. But the story itself came from a real thing, it, it appears, that they, there was this person who they, they weren't really in an iron mask, but they were actually uh, hooded. And they wore this black silk hood, and they were around the time of Louis XIV and, and in the court of Louis XIV. And there were all sorts of, of different questions about why this person was uh, around the court and then uh, all of a sudden wasn't around the court. Uh, in, in fact, it was taken away and was uh, sent to several different prisons uh, throughout this person's lifetime. And so there were all sorts of questions about who this person was. And, you know, was this person a illegitimate brother to Louis XIV, and because of that, he didn't want him around because he didn't want people possibly taking his life and then putting his brother in place on the throne? Or was this somebody else who was just horribly disfigured and then ended up doing something wrong and ended up getting exiled out? And there were all of these questions, all of these questions that begged the answers. Well, what's going on? Why, Why is this person exiled? And maybe that's a little bit of your question, too. What's going on? Why, why am I exiled? Uh, I know there's, there's this, this scary virus out there, but knowing that it's out there, that doesn't help me to answer the question, why? Why, why is this here? And that's maybe a question that, that each of us are asking. Why, why, why this virus? Why now? Why in in my lifetime? And why is this affecting the people that I know in the way that it's affecting them? You see, we we like to ask those questions of why when we're in exile. Peter writes to the people of several different cities, several different churches, and he, he writes to them, and just a little bit before the reading that 
uh, we heard just a little bit earlier, Peter talks to those people and, and he calls them the elect exiles. And then he lists off the cities that they're from. And so Peter is writing this letter to people that are feeling exiled, just like we are. But they're feeling exiled perhaps in a different way. They're feeling exiled from, uh, for, from who it is that, that can help them. They feel exiled maybe from the large church in Jerusalem or in Rome. They feel exiled from the people that can bring them the word of God. And thankfully, you don't have to feel like you're exiled in that way. You can watch this live stream. You can watch the things that we put on during the middle of the week. You can watch other churches. You can watch all sorts of stuff and get the Word of God. You can even dust off that old dusty Bible in your house and you can flip it open and you can start reading that yourself. These were things that the people in Peter's care, they they maybe couldn't have quite as easily as what you have it. And so they felt exiled, but that doesn't mean that you don't feel exiled. We all feel exiled during this time. And the question that we have to approach our exiles with in some ways is not the question why, because in some ways that's unknowable for us right now. There's no why behind this. I think that's part of the problem that we get into when we start to say that there's maybe something positive that might come out of this time that we have together. There's all sorts of positive things that can come out of our being exiled in this way, but that doesn't mean that they are an answer to why. God has not brought a coronavirus onto the world simply that his churches would all go live stream. But rather, God has worked within our exiles, within the problem of sin that we're constantly dealing with, in order to bring not a reason for that, but something beautiful that can come out of that something beautiful that can come out of even the worst of things, something beautiful that can come out of our Savior dying on a cross, something beautiful that can come out of our Savior being placed in a tomb, something beautiful that can come out of our Savior's disciples being huddled together in a room afraid for their lives. And yet, God says, I can make something out of this. And God can make something out of your exile. He can make something out of my exile. He made something out of Peter's exile and out of the exile of all of the people that Peter was writing to. And so if you look at what Peter writes to those people, if you look at, at what he's writing, you, you get this interesting sense of uh, what it means to be an exile. To be an exile is somebody who uh, retains some kind of hope, 
retains some kind of love, retains some kind of connection with the place that you're exiled from. And that must be baffling to Peter because Peter is writing this to all of these people who have never seen Jesus. This is Peter. This is Peter, the guy who was the bumbling guy who who said all of the stuff in the gospel, always making a mistake, always also a part of the inner circle of Jesus's disciples, always there. Peter is like this ever-present person in almost all of the narratives of the Gospels. And so when he thinks about loving Jesus, he thinks about loving Jesus because he spent so much time with him. He thinks about loving Jesus because he's been right there with him. He's been right there with him when Jesus invited him out to walk on the water. He's been right there with him when Jesus brought him to the Mount of Transfiguration where he was lit up in glory. He was brought with him even when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And so for Peter, when Peter thinks about who Jesus is and why he loves him, automatically all of those memories come flooding in. But he's writing to these people that have never met him. And yet he is astounded that they love him too. They love him without ever having met him. They love him purely in this state of exile. Because they know who he is. Because this Jesus is not a man in an iron mask. This Jesus is not a man who's wearing a hood. This Jesus is not a God who is somehow distant and just behind the shroud, but rather this Jesus is a Jesus who comes into our rooms through the internet, through our Bibles, through all sorts of different means. He comes to us and he says, look, Look at my hands pierced for you. Look at my side pierced for you to show that I was really dead. He comes into our lives, and he is the hope that we hang on to. He is the one who comes into our lives and says to us, peace be with you every time, because we need that every time. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, one of the things about this exile that feels kind of weird is that uh, one of the, the things, at least that I think and thought was, oh, well, you know, there, there will be less sinning because we're going to be stuck in our homes. And, and somehow I thought, you know, okay, well, maybe that might be the good thing that, that comes out of this. And uh, that's not the case. You know that's not the case. All you have to do is go through the Ten Commandments and go, yeah, I broke all of those this week. Maybe you've broken some of them in even more manifest ways because you've been sitting in front of your computer or you've been uh, with your kids and they've been getting on your nerves or you've been with somebody else, your parents, and you're like, oh, I'm so done with them. All you have to do is look at those Ten Commandments. You don't even have to look at the Ten Commandments. All you have to do is look at the two when Jesus brought them down to those simple two understandings of sin. Have we loved God with our whole being? Have we loved our neighbor as ourself? And there's not a single one of us that can say yes. Yes.
even when we're locked up in our rooms. And in some ways, especially when we're locked up in our rooms, when we're in this exile. And so we need a Jesus who comes to us and he says to us, peace be with you. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins where you have not loved one another. And you have not loved God. And in addition to that, he then does something that sounds horrific to us right now. He breathes on them. Jesus is not good at social distancing. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. You can almost imagine what it's like for those disciples to have Jesus breathe on them, to feel the hot air on their face, maybe even little droplets of spit hitting their face as he's saying, receive the Holy Spirit. And he infects them. He infects them with who he is. He infects them with the gospel. And he says, now that you've been infected, now that you've been given this Holy Spirit, now go out and forgive people their sins. Now go out and announce the good news of God. And announce that to the other people that you are exiled with. I think sometimes in Christianity we get this sense that all of our speaking of the gospel needs to be to people who are out there somehow, that people who who don't know Jesus. But the reality is that you need to hear that gospel. And the reality is that the person who's sitting next to you watching this live stream needs to hear that gospel. And the person who is on that chat function along with you, needs to hear that gospel. We all need to hear that we're forgiven, whether we're a Christian or not. And so, take some time in this exile and live out your exile with the people who are around you. Live out your exile with the people that you're getting together on Zoom meetings with. Live out your exile in all of the different ways that you can and announce to people, peace be with you. Because as the Father has sent the Son, so is He sending us to a very anxious world that needs to hear the peace of God, the forgiveness of sins, and the promise of a life everlasting where we will exist in perfect peace with the Prince of Peace. So may you, this week, go out And do exactly what Jesus has commissioned you to do by speaking peace into the lives of those whom you are exiled with. Amen.